So some, now sometimes that means it's going to be really short. Sometimes that means it's going to be really long. Uh, we, uh, we'll, we'll see how it turns out here. But I, I really don't think we'll be long tonight. I just have a thought, and, and uh, I'm not planning on elaborating on the thought a great deal. 2 Kings chapter 7. Let's stand together for the reading of God's Word, please. This side over here, you did great tonight. This side here, you're lacking. And uh, you're missing a, a few folk for some reason. But Second uh, Kings chapter 7, the first 11 verses we're going to read. We'll read those verses there responsively. Second Kings 7 verse 1. And then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Together. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here? Until we die together. If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. If we sit uh, still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. But if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria... Behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of great hosts. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the king of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight, and they left their tents, their horses, their asses, and even their camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried away thence also and went and hid it. Verse 9, and they said one to another, we do not well this day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied, and asses tied, and the tents as they were. Verse 11, And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. Let's pray here. Father, bless this uh, simple truth tonight, uh, but hopefully one that will... That will inspire us just a little bit and help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, uh, Samaria was besieged by the Syrian army. Uh, the, the, the city it was a walled city, but it was surrounded by the Syrian army. And, and the Syrians were, uh, wanted to um, uh, take over Samaria. And they figured the best way to do it is just starve them out. And so they just surrounded them and set up camp. And eventually, 
they're going to run out of food. Eventually, they're going to they're going to die, and they're they're going to have to leave. And so, uh, they just set up a great camp. They came. They've been there for quite some time, and they're just they're just waiting them out. And little by little, sure enough, Samaria is running out of food, and they're 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 running out of uh, uh, provisions. And the prices are going up. Of course, you know how it is. And the when the when the food is low, the prices go up. And at this time, the prices were extremely high in Samaria. That's why Elisha came. He said, "Hey, by this time tomorrow, uh, everything's gonna be dirt cheap." He said, "You're gonna you're, you're gonna be uh, 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 buying a uh, a measure of flour for a shekel and and, and, and two measures of barley for a shekel." And he said, "This is the, it's gonna change real quick." Of course, everybody thought, how in the world could this be? Uh, we, don't, we don't see this happening, but of course, the preacher said, and so Elisha said, it's going to happen, don't worry about it, God will take care of it. And uh, well, there were four men that had been put out of the city because they were lepers. If you were a leper then, and uh, this, this disease was uh, very contagious, I mean, if you sat in a chair and you were a leper and got up and somebody else came and sat in that chair, they could, they could uh, 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 get the disease themselves. Uh, they could, if, if the leper touched anything, they had to take it out and burn it and get rid of it. Uh, they were put outside the city. They had their own little leprous camps where all the lepers were, and they were not allowed around anybody else. Well, they had the four lepers that were put out of Samaria, and these lepers were outside, and, and now they had a problem too. They were hungry. They were starving. They had no food. They had no provision. And uh, these four lepers started talking, and they said, you know, we got, we, we, we got a couple choices here. We can sit here and die. Or... We could go talk to the Syrian army that's surrounded Samaria. You never know. I mean, they might give us some food. I mean, at worst, they're going to kill us. But it ain't that bad because if we sit here and do nothing, we're going to die anyway. So it's worth the risk for us. And they agreed. Let's do it. So off they went. And they, they started walking. They, as they entered into the camp of the Syrians, there's nobody there. Everybody is gone, and what God had done, God intervened, and see, the Lord does amazing things. I wonder how many times you and I have walked into places or situations that we looked at and said, wow, what happened here? This is kind of amazing that it turned out that way. I wonder what God did before us that we knew nothing about. Uh, I, I, God's the same God today as he was back then. God goes before us and does things we know nothing about. And we may, we may walk into it and think it's by chance. And God said, no, I planned that. And who knows what God has done uh, in our stead. Who knows what he's done ahead of us. But God called this, uh, had the Syrian army uh, hear this noise. As these lepers were coming, he made the noise of their footprints sound like a great army. And it sounded like uh, horses and chariots and a great multitude coming. And the Syrians got nervous. They said, man, uh, Samaria called for backup. They got Israel involved. And Israel got the, uh, the Hittites involved. And, and uh, 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 the other uh, 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 armies, the allies are coming. We got to get out of here. And they were so scared, they just took off running. They left everything. These guys walked in there. They didn't know that the Lord done that. They just walked in. There's all this stuff everywhere. I mean, imagine they walk over there and there's food already cooking. Somebody was cooking dinner up and left and they got to start eating stew, eating some dinner. And so, man, they walk into one tent, look around, picked up some clothes, got all the money, all the gold and silver. They said, we better get out of here. Boy, they took off, went and hit it, came back a little while later. Still, there's no Syrians around. They went into another tent, did the same thing. Pretty soon they realized we have a great spoil here. Look at all that we have. 
I imagine these four lepers are sitting back and they got their feet up somewhere. They're eating and they're flipping gold coins and they're dressed up in some pretty nice robes and they're and they're uh, they got their horse. They done claimed their own horses and named them and they got their tents. They said, "Man, we're living pretty good." I mean, this is quite the life, the way that we're living. I mean, we've, we're, we, we just want a meal. And now look at this. We got everything. We, can even drink. we got a place to live. We have a food that will last us for uh, months to come. We have our own horses. We have our own asses. We have our own uh, uh, gold and silver. If Samaria won't let us in, we'll go buy our own food. I mean, we'll take care of this ourselves. And we are so blessed. Look at everything that we have. We have clothes. We have provisions. We have, we have uh, 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 baskets and suitcases and tents and everything. Uh, the, 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 the Syrian army was living there. They had everything that they would need. Boys, they talked about the spoil and all that they had. They were, they were living it up. You know, I got thinking, as, as God's people, as Christians, we have quite a spoil. We have quite a spoil. I mean, think about it. We too were lepers, leprous with sin. As the Bible's uh, leprosy was a picture of sin. And, and we too were cast out of the kingdom of heaven. We too were cast away. And one day, for some reason, uh, unbeknownst to us on how it exactly happened, you and I stumbled across the gospel somehow. Maybe somebody knocked on our door, or somebody, uh, we found a track somewhere. Maybe our parents handed it down to us. But somewhere we got the gospel and we got saved. I got thinking, you you know, these, these four old lepers, they're doing pretty good for just being some old lepers. And you know, you and I, we do pretty good for just being some plain old sinners. We're doing pretty good. Think about this. We're saved. Amen. Have you ever just stopped to think about how amazing that is? And, and, I, and I'm probably a little more aware than, than the average person is because I work at the funeral home. And uh, I picked up a guy today, 23 years old. 23 years old. You know? And uh, picked up somebody last night, 43 years old, 43 years old, died of a heart attack. That's younger than me. 43 years old, and boy, every, I mean, I, I could go through hundreds and thousands of cases, and, and every time I, I put them on a table, every time I look at it and I wonder, where are you at right now? Right now, where are you at this this doesn't even matter. Your old shell is here. I wonder if you, whether in heaven or hell, I wonder if you can look down and see what I'm doing right now. And you're crying out saying, what are you doing? Don't worry about my body. Boy, there's eternity. I'm in hell right now. I've got there. I'm in heaven. Go tell somebody. And, and I, I think about it. I think, you know, what are the chances of me being saved? I was talking to a guy this week, and he was, uh, uh, has two uh, 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 prosthetic legs, uh, both of them, and uh, uh, both his legs are, are gone. And uh, he has one arm that doesn't work, just a, a completely dead arm. And, uh, and of course, being as tactful and bold as I am, I said, what happened? <laughs> you know, and uh, he told me what happened. He's a young guy in his 20s, girls, looking, look at girls, look up here and listen. 20, in his, listen, in his 20s, out drinking, got on a motorcycle, he got in a wreck out in Palmer. Lost both his legs. They were just hanging by, he said, by just a piece of skin. He said he lost his life if, if there wasn't a, a bystander that came by and put a belt around his leg and, and grabbed another bystander and ripped his belt off of him and put it around the other leg. He said he, only, uh, he lost uh, three quarters of his blood 
in a matter of seconds. He told I talked to him about how his legs work, and he explained to me the, how they work and all that. I thought that was pretty fascinating. And, and then I said to him, I said, you probably beat yourself up often over that day. He said, it's been rough. He said, I try not to. He said, I got very depressed for a long time. He said, I'm trying to overcome it. But he said, one bad decision. One bad decision, he said. He said, the only thing I did right that night, he said, I did put a helmet on. He said, if I didn't have a helmet on, I wouldn't be here at all. And I asked him, I said, sir, I said, you know, you got pretty lucky. And had things been just a little different that night, and it wouldn't have been much different at all, you wouldn't be here at all right now. And I said, you know, the time's going to come when you won't be here. God spared you for a reason. Maybe God spared you for this reason right now that maybe you could get saved. Maybe God spared you so you could go to heaven. And he wasn't real interested, which I don't understand. I don't understand how you could not be interested. But he wasn't real interested at the time. But he took the track and he shook my hand. And he said, I, I am going to read this later. He said, I give you my word. I will read this. Very, very genuine uh, man. He said, and, and I will read this. And I might call you for a ride to church. He said, but I'm going to read this. And I, 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 I thought, you know, that could be me. Just like that, that could be me. But thankfully, some reason, the gospel came to me. And for some reason, the gospel came my way. And for some reason, I had a heart that was willing to receive the gospel. And think about that. I am now going to heaven. I'm now saying the Bible says that broad is the way to destruction and straight and narrow is the gate that reads to something and few be that find it. Can you imagine what are the chances? I mean, I hardly believe it. I'm, am I actually one of the few that found it? I'm one of the few that found Jesus? Is it, is it can it really be that good? Can it really be that true? I mean, sometimes I, I wonder, is it true? We're really saved? We're really going to heaven? And you know what? We've stumbled across the great spoil in being saved. As being children of God, we're on our way to heaven. Think about this. We have something nobody else has. We have prayer. We can pray, and our Heavenly Father is all-powerful and can do anything. And we can talk to Him whenever we want. We can ask him for whatever we want. We can go to him with whatever need we have. Our Heavenly Father is an amazing, amazing God. And we have that. I mean, we're blessed people. We're blessed people. I don't understand some of you young people that, that played their hair in church and stuff like that. I don't understand some of you young people that, that aren't excited saying, wow, we're Christians. We're saved. We're, we're going to heaven. I mean, this is an amazing thing. Think about it. My BFF is Jesus. You know, and uh, uh, actually, my, my Robert's my BFF. Uh, he's my big fat friend. And uh, but uh, <laughs> poor Robert, I should have said that. But you know, my wife says I'm I'm her big fat friend. And uh, but my my best friend is Jesus. What does it stand for? Best friends forever? Is that what it is? Okay, I don't know. And uh, I remember the first time somebody texted me when texting first came out, and they texted me LOL. I sent back and said, "You queer." I did. It was a guy. I said, LOL. I thought it meant lots of love. And uh, I said, what is wrong with you? And uh, later, it, I mean, it was two years later I found out it meant laugh with laugh out loud or something. And, uh, and uh, anyway, so, but I think about it. Our best friend is Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ is our best friend. He is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You know, we're pretty, we're pretty blessed. Think about the joy that we have as a Christian. We have joy inside of our heart. We are children of God. And I don't know about you, but I'm just happy. I'm just happy. Are there hard times? I'm sure there's hard times. Are there discouraging times? Of course there are. But it seems like even those hard times and discouraging times and worrisome times, underneath all that, there's a little bundle of joy that just sits there all the time. And it doesn't go anywhere. It's there. And no matter what, I'm going to heaven. I mean, if it gets, if it gets any worse, at least I can die. Amen? And go to heaven. And, and I mean, you got that joy. As a child of God, we can rejoice in the things of God. She, uh, she's right. Her can doctor boy she's a, she's she's mean as a snake i tried to crack jokes and she wouldn't she wouldn't uh, uh she wouldn't budge she would not crack a smile she wouldn't do anything and finally i told her i said wow i said you're all business i said you won't even smile i mean if i make a joke you won't smile and she glared at me she goes well whatever and then she i said man I said, Ooh. She, Ooh, she's rough and uh this is, saying, i'm glad you'll come to my church uh you'd have a miserable time and uh actually she's a surgeon come on in and uh but uh i mean the joy that we have as christians is amazing hey think about this we got purpose we have what in the world does the world live for what do they live for what is there to live for to get drunk one more time what do you live for? To, to make a little more money so you can die and leave it to somebody else? Like, what are you living for? I mean, what's the purpose? Of, you think about it. And, uh, I, I would imagine as a lost person, you get a new car. You go, wow, I got a new car. But I'm going to die pretty soon and go to hell. So what does it matter? Hi, wow, look, I got a new house. But I'm going to die and go to hell in a few years. So house ain't that great. Oh, look at me. I got a new set of clothes. But I'm going to die and go to hell someday. So, you know, I'm burn for all eternity. I guess these clothes ain't going to help me then. Huh? I, what, what in the world do they live for? And yet you and I, we have a purpose. We get up every morning and say, today I live to honor God. Today I'm living for Jesus Christ. Today I'm going to be a witness for him. Today I get to bring glory to his name. Today I get to make my heavenly father happy. And he can look down and smile upon me. We have a reason and a purpose to live. Uh, we have a life that does not end in hell. Isn't that great? We have a life that's not going to end in hell. I don't know about you. I'm excited about that. I think that's great. I think that's amazing. I think it's wonderful that I went from being a lost sinner and stumbling across a great wealth of the gospel. That I'm a child of the king. I've got a, a, a heavenly father. I have answered the prayer. I have joy in my heart. I have peace and contentment. I have a purpose to live. And when I die, I'm going to heaven. The worst I'll ever experience is right now. This is the worst it'll ever get for me. Boy, this ain't so bad. I tell you, it sure makes even the bad times seem good. You know? Even the bad times are enjoyable. They, man, I'm going to heaven. Now, you're in 2 Kings chapter 7. Look at verse 9. Here they are. They, they're kicked back in the tent. They're eating somebody's food that already had prepared for them. They're nibbling on some cheese and crackers and a bowl full of grapes. And they got horses tied outside that they've already claimed and named. They're sitting there with a, a gold coins and flipping them back and forth. And, and they got a brand new set of, of garments on. And, and they're, they're living it up. Verse 9. Then they said one to another, we do not well. Now think of that. One of them stopped and said, guys, this ain't right. 
what we're doing ain't right. I put the brakes on the party for a minute here. Put down your forks. Lay down some of the gold coins. This ain't right, what we're doing. We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. Isn't it? This is a wonderful day. I mean, here we are, lepers, condemned to die. Nobody wants us. We're not allowed anywhere. And now look who we are. We're kings. We're living like kings out here. I mean, we have everything the entire Syrian army had belongs to us. We have it all. This is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. If we tarry till morning, some mischief will come upon us. You know, they said, if we keep all this to ourselves and we don't go knock on the gate of Samaria and share the good news, then we're to blame. It ain't right for us to do this. Yeah, we may have leprosy, but our brothers are inside that gate and they're dying just as fast. And we are not doing right by taking all of this and enjoying it for ourselves and not passing it on to somebody else. And if we don't do something about it, the mischief is going to befall us. I'm afraid sometimes we get distracted by the spoil. We get distracted by all the goodness that we have. See, we're, we're consumed and distracted almost by, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I have a happy life. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not in jail. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm a happy man. I got joy in my heart. I got to, I'm going to uh, uh, live a happy life. I have a purpose tomorrow. And when I get up tomorrow morning, I'm going to pray to my heavenly father who answers my prayers. And, and we enjoy the great spoils of Christianity and, and the great wealth and riches we have in, 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 of the gospel. And we don't tell others the good tidings. And God says we become selfish, self-centered. Like the man that Jesus said, he went out and said, boy, I got so much stuff, what do I do with it? Let's build bigger barns to store it in. I'll build bigger houses and I'll build uh, more land to house all my stuff. And God said, you fool, tonight you're going to die. I wonder how many of us, we hoard Christianity and we hoard the blessings of God and we hoard the answers to prayer and we hoard the gospel and we hoard the joy and we hoard the peace and we hoard the love of Christ and we hoard the Bible and we hoard the Holy Spirit and we, and we like a bunch of big fat cats, enjoy it and nothing wrong with enjoying it. The Bible says eat the fat and drink the sweet, but don't forget the rest of the verse. He said send a portion to somebody else. And I think too often we sit outside and we're enjoying the spoil while our brothers are inside the gate of Samaria dying and going to hell. And we do not well. And mischief will befall us if we keep it to ourselves. How do we eat the fruits of salvation while others are starving to death and we don't share it? I wonder, I wonder, are we sharing the gospel like we should, church? Are you young people enjoying the fact that you're saved and not telling anybody else about it? You young people go to school and you yourself are saved and you're, it's almost like you're, you're ashamed of it and you're wadded up and stick it in your pocket so nobody sees and down deep you're whew, glad I'm not going to hell. What about your friends? We do not well. I wonder, are we sharing the gospel? I, I just I thought a, a, a few things here. In the first place, are we passing out tracts? Are you passing out tracts? 
Boy, it's such a simple way to get the gospel out. Are you passing out gospel tracts? You know, somebody called me uh, yesterday and said, uh, uh, I was wondering, can I come to your church and throw my trash on your yard? <laughs> I knew where he was going with it. I said, sure. <laughs> Stop putting your, put your literature and throwing it on my property. And, uh, you know, and I knew where he was going with it. I said, yeah, go ahead and bring your trash. I'll take a dump for you. And, uh, you know, uh, I, but I, I like, those are my favorite phone calls. My favorite phone, one guy, he called me. I got several yesterday. I don't know what you all did at the track attack, but I got several phone calls yesterday. And I got one, and I mean, he cussed me up one side and down the other. I just, every other word was a cuss word. He's cussing me out, you know. And, and uh, oh, whatever, come to my door, you blankety blank. Leave your blankety blank stuff on my blankety blank door. I mean, I never do it, don't ever do it again. Click, he hung up. <laughs> I called him back. I said, uh, yes, sir, just a moment ago, you very professionally and maturely called me, but you forgot to leave your address. Oh, you blankety, 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 up again. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know uh, pass out gospel tracts. Pass them out. I, tell, I, enjoy, listen, I enjoy going around and finding our tracts all over the place. They're everywhere. I mean, I've bought stuff at the store and there's tracks in them. I, I, I've gone to uh, places of business. We have a whole stack of them sitting, a few places now, a whole stack of them sitting on the counter, you know, the business cards. And people go by and grab them and, and uh, uh, hand them to every restaurant, every cashier, every time. I just get in the habit as you walk through the mall, walking along, take one out, lay it on the bench. You use a public restroom, take one out and leave it on the back of the toilet. Uh, you, uh, you, 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 you go to the gas pump and you get done pumping your gas, fold one up, stick the handle of the gas pump. Uh, you, you, you're standing in the checkout line, slide one inside a Cosmopolitan magazine. God knows if you're in Cosmopolitan, you need the gospel. And, uh, and so, I mean, if, you, uh, if, you, uh, if you, you, you check it out, give one to the person, say, give one to the lady behind you, give one to the man in front of you. I mean, just they're everywhere. You, you, you're walking, you, you, you get off and you're waiting for the, uh, the, uh, uh, the school bus in front of you and all the kids run to the park and a bunch of teenagers playing ball. Hey, go out there and hand them out. Don't approach little five-year-old girls, okay? But uh, hand them out to the teen guys or something. And I'm just saying that uh, we, we get the gospel out. You, we do not well to have these good tidings and keep them to ourselves. We do not well by holding on to it. We do not well to enjoy the fruits of the gospel and share it with somebody else who's lost and going to hell and they want to go to heaven. Somebody just has to show them the way. That's all it is. I wonder, we do not well, are we, are we doing our job? Hey, why do we get 100,000 tracks? Because on the back, there's 100,000 people that can get the simple plan of salvation, Amen. the gospel. It's real simple. How many people have been saved by simply reading the back of a gospel track? How many people have taken those old chick tracks and signed the back of it and mailed it back in? That they trusted Christ as their Savior. We had a, a guy came to our church not long ago, and he said, I'm, I, I have a, a, a business. And he said, I sent out my bills. And, and somebody, when they paid their bill, they put one of your tracks in the bill. And he came to church. Hey, that's the way we're supposed to do it. Send them everywhere. Tell everybody the gospel. We do not well, if we don't pass out gospel tracts, we do not well to hoard it to ourselves. What else? Hey, what about your testimony? We do not well to hoard it by having a bad testimony. Wonder how many people want nothing to do with God because of how you and I behave. We claim to be a Christian. I wonder. See, you may get right with God someday. 
But the people that never got saved because of the way that you lived claiming the name of Christ, and they die and go to hell for all eternity because they didn't want to be like you, a hypocrite. I wonder how many people, listen, uh, it's not a joke. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, and everyone will give an account of the things that he done in this body, whether it be good or evil. We're going to give an account. And every one of us, we're going to stand before God someday, and God's going to say, what did you do when you, as a leprous man, came in and took the entire spoil of the Syrian army outside of a lost village named Samaria? What did you do with that spoil? Did you sit back and hoard it for yourself? Or did you have the right kind of testimony and share it with somebody else? People ought to know you and I are a Christian by the way we live our life. Are, do, they, do they know we're Christians? Boys, look up here. Boys. Do they know we're Christians by the way that we... It's not that hot. Put your hand down. You're fine. Uh, uh, do, they, do they know we're Christians by the way we live? Can they tell you're a Christian by the way you dress? Can they tell you're a Christian by the way you talk? I mean, how many times have we gone and responded wrongly? And I lost our testimony with somebody who could have been saved. I'll never forget it. I was out soul winning one day. He knocked on the door and I talked to the, the man for a minute. And, and we got talking. I asked him where he worked. He told me where he worked. And I said, hey, one of our men works with you. I said, do you know so-and-so? He said, yeah, 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 I know. I said, yeah, he's a faithful member of our church. And the guy's jaw dropped and he looked at me. He said, he goes to church? I said, yeah, yeah, he goes to the Catholic church. Uh, <laughs> not our church. What, listen, let that not be our testimony. If somebody's shocked to find out you're a Christian, something's wrong. Right. Something's wrong. Where, how, how's your testimony? How's your testimony in the neighborhood? How's your testimony out in the world? Hey, when, when your bus kids see you during the week, what do they see? When people see you during the week, what do they see? They see how you're dressed during the week, what do they see? When they see your entertainment, what do they see? When they see your behavior and your mouth and your language and your activities, what do they see? I wonder how many people are take God and throw him in the trash because you and I have hoarded the gospel and we do not well by keeping it to ourselves. Well, how else can we share this gospel? By purposefully going soul winning. There ought to be times that you say, I set aside this specific time, these couple of hours, and, and these, these few times of my week I set aside, and those are the times I do nothing else, but I'm looking for a soul. Oh, Saturday morning's a great time for that. Go soul one. And say, today I'm going out and looking for somebody. I'm going to knock on doors with one main reason, looking for somebody to get saved. I'm going to go out there and pass out tracks on the street, looking for somebody to get saved. I'm going to go and, and uh, go to the park and pass out tracks looking for somebody to get saved. I'm going to go downtown to the, uh, the, the, the market off of 3rd uh, uh, Avenue or whatever it is, and, and I'm going to go there specifically looking for somebody to get saved. Purposely going soul winning. Do you? This is what happens. If you don't plan to go soul winning, then you are going to fail. Do you know that, girls? What did I just say? What did I just say? I said, if you don't plan to go soul winning, then you plan to fail. We have to have a plan. And if you don't plan to do it, this is what, this is what we do. We all do it. We all do it. My, 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 my sink has been busted for about three years. But I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. I am. 
I am. When? You know, when I get time. The cabinets? Cabinet doors? I'm going to fix those. Matter of fact, I was so committed to fixing them, I took them off their hinges and put them in the shed. Now we don't have any cabinets. I don't have to worry about fixing them anymore. But I kept them. You know why I kept them? I'm going to fix it. When? You know when I get time. Now I got time to watch TV. I got time to go uh, horse around. And I got time to do everything under the sun. But I just don't seem to have time to do that yet. You know how it is. You got the same projects I have at home. You're going to do that. When do you do it? When you sit down and say, listen, Wednesday uh, evening before church <coughs> at 5 o'clock, I'm going to do that. Then we all plan to go soul win. And when? You know, when you get time. Until you sit down and make a time, you're not going to go. Hey, we do not well, folks. We do not well to come together and have a big party and enjoy our Christianity and say amen and wave our Bibles and go home and go lay our head in our pillow at night with the confidence of going to heaven when there's countless others that lay their head in their pillow at night scared to death. If they die, they're going to go to hell. We do not well. We do not well. How about we pray for opportunity? How serious are we for the gospel if we're not praying for God to give us an opportunity? Every Christian here, every day of your life, you ought to get up and say, Lord, today, today, will you bring somebody across my path that I can witness to? Today, will you give me an opportunity to shine for Jesus Christ? See, we do not well to not even be concerned. Are we asking God for opportunity? And if we ask for opportunity, you know what we're going to do? We're going to look for opportunity. Working on a sermon right now, the, the amazing thing with prayer, the amazing thing about prayer is when you pray, you then become alert about what you prayed for. And so if you pray for opportunity to get saved, and for somebody to get saved all day long, you're going to be thinking, I wonder if that's the one. I wonder if that's the one. Hey, here's somebody. I wonder if that's the one. I asked God to bring somebody across my path, and there's somebody with a flat tire, and I can help them. I, I, maybe that's the one. Or here's somebody, and, and I got a full cart, and they only got two items behind me. Maybe that's the one. I'll let them go first, and they certainly won't reject the track then. And uh, I mean, uh, looking for opportunity. There's somebody out there. We pray for the opportunity. Then look for the opportunity. How aware are you? Are you just sitting back and enjoying the spoil of what God has given to you? And say, man, are we ever lucky while the rest of the Samaritans are starving to death? We do not well. We do not well to stand in a grocery store and to stand in line with all the spoil of the gospel. And the person two feet in front of you is going to hell. And the person two feet behind you is going to hell. We do not well. Do we then take every opportunity that comes our way? Do we take that opportunity to say, I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus Christ? Let me ask you this. When was the last time you personally led a soul to Jesus Christ? When was the last time you opened the Bible and told somebody how to be saved? And let me, let me narrow it down outside of church. Outside of the ones that came here looking for something because they were going to get saved anyway. So we're not going to count them. Outside of church, when was the last time you opened your Bible and you led a soul to Jesus Christ? When was the last time you knocked on the door of the great city of Samaria 
and said, hey, folks, I know I'm just an old leper, but there's a whole bunch of food out here. And there's a whole bunch of horses and asses and, and goods and sleeping bags and tents and clothes, whatever you want. It's all out here. I didn't think it right that I kept it to myself. When was the last time you knocked on somebody's door, knocked on the heart of somebody and said, hey, I ain't nothing but a sinner just like you. And I'm just as worthless as you are and I should be in hell right now. But let me tell you something. Somebody told me something. I have something that I want you to know about. I got some great things in the gospel. I have so much joy and I'm on my way to heaven. My sins are forgiven and this is a wonderful thing. Just thought you ought to know about it. When was the last time? I'm afraid that we do not well hoarding the gospel. And we do not well. And if we continue to hoard that gospel, the Bible says mischief will befall us. I wonder what's going to come our way when God's going to say, you're not even willing to share the good news of my son who gave his life for you. And you are ashamed to even tell somebody. What a horrible thing. You know, we've been blessed. And we have a great spoil. We're saved. No better life. No, I, I tell you, there's nothing more I'd rather do than be a child of God. Because even I enjoy my meal better than lost people enjoy their meal. I enjoy my trips more than the lost people enjoy their trips. I enjoy my house more than they enjoy their house. And I enjoy the, the weather more than they enjoy their weather. It doesn't matter if it's rain or sunshine. I enjoy it more than the world does. Because I'm saved. And my is, mind is not going to end in tragedy. Mine's going to end in heaven. And so is yours if you're saved. So today, let's, let's get that gospel out. We're not right. It isn't right that we're holding on to this ourselves. Let's go tell somebody else. Let's bow our heads tonight. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight.